What makes a great leader great? How do we create a high-performing team? And when we say leader, we mean everyone, because everyone is leading their own life. Will yours be a life by design or a life by default? Those are the big questions, and this podcast will answer them. Welcome to the Becoming Your Best podcast, where we help you apply the 12 principles of highly successful leaders, because great leaders will produce great results. Welcome to all of our Becoming Your Best podcast listeners. Wherever you might be in the world today, this is Steve Schallenberger, your host, and we are so excited talking about wherever you are in the world today. Our guest happens to be in Australia, and we're going to get into that in a moment, but she is a lot of fun, and we love working with her. She is very talented. She's an award-winning journalist known to stun many a personality with her quick-witted introductions and on-air antics. (laughs) She left Paula Abdul in a laughing fit and Havana Brown choking. She's interviewed so many, from Katie Lang, Jennifer Beals, Ruby Rose, to many, many more. The list goes on. So welcome, Jenny Saraswati. Oh, Steve, what an introduction. I feel like I should be walking out into the stadium with my hands in the air. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. You should be. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm actually putting my hand up at the moment. No Uh, one's looking, but hey, I feel an audience around me. uh, Good going. Well, this is a great audience, and I think they're going to be really interested in our visit today. It's a subject really that's quite interesting, but it's not limited to just podcasts, although that's part of what we'll talk about, and we'll visit more about that. But Jenny is a native of Australia and the founder of Jenny Media. It's a boutique podcast production company serving the vision of entrepreneurs, celebrities, and influential organizations around the world. We happen to be one of her clients and have been so thrilled and grateful for her leadership and the impact that she's had. She's helped us just pass 250,000 listeners. So that's a big deal. Wow. A quarter of a million, Steve. That is a big deal. I hope you're celebrating with a cake at least. There we go. We should. Well, Jenny, tell (laughs) us about your background, including any turning points in your life that's had a significant impact on you. So in other words, what's your story? Our listeners would like to know a little bit more about you. Yeah, absolutely, Steve. I'd love to talk about it. So I was born in a little town called Dehiwala in Colombo, Sri Lanka, which is an island off the coast of India. So I was actually born there. And when I was two years old, my family migrated to Australia, hence the very thick and charming Australian accent that I have. That's where I get it from. But my looks, when people look at me, I sound Australian, but I look kind of like subcontinental. So they're like, where are you from? So I'm originally from Sri Lanka, but we moved to Australia when I was two years old and I grew up for 30 years there. And in that time, we grew up in a few towns across Melbourne. The migration boom was just starting here in Australia in the late 80s, and and we were a part of that as well. I grew up in in inner city Melbourne, and then we moved out into the the boroughs. And around me, there are a lot of people who didn't really look like me when I first started school. So it was kind of a bit of a journey to figure out where do I exactly fit in this world and in this side of the world, but also trying to figure out, you know, what it is that I want to do. Because traditionally in a lot of, I guess, immigrant families, the expectation is that you go for the kind of work that is 
secure, stable, and I guess work that's not going to, I guess, be made redundant anytime soon. So your doctors, your lawyers, your engineers, they were your career options. But I'm a little bit more crazy than that. I think um, <laughs> I'm, I, I like being very creative and expressive. So I found the radio path, which I came across a radio station when I was 20 years old. And I did a little bit of a course there in radio broadcasting. And that's kind of what kicked off my career behind the microphone. And I started to chat to many different people, which I'm sure you do every week, Steve, and you get to learn about their journey. And I find it very inspiring to do that. And off the back of that, made my podcast called The Ginny Show, and I got to do the same thing that I did behind the mic, but it was a bit more tailored towards certain topics. And from there, I kind of accidentally fell into producing podcasts because people were coming up to me going, can you show me what you do? And essentially from there, I built Ginny Media, which has been going for about 14 months now officially. We produce for you know small businesses, Fortune 500 companies, entrepreneurs. We're having a lot of fun doing it, and we live, breathe, and love podcasting, and we love being on podcasts too, Steve. Well, great. And, and you know, this podcast today, Jenny and I have talked about it for several weeks. And I, I want to assure you, we've never talked about us promoting Jenny, but I want to do it anyhow, <laughs> <laughs> because she's fun to work with. She provides us great statistics and a dashboard of where we're at regularly, helps us to understand the impact And we've just really appreciated working with her. She has a great background. And while we're talking about podcasts, Jenny, besides us being really great advocates of what you do and being fans of your work, (laughs) what do you think is the key set of ingredients to being an outstanding podcaster? I think it's listening, Steve, which is ironic because that's the main human Hmm. trait that is required to consume a podcast. I think being a great podcaster requires the skill of listening and truly listening. Being from a radio background, I've interviewed nearly a thousand people and there's people that you interview that have what I call press release answers. So these are kind of the answers that their publicist has trained them into kind of tweak into their responses when they're asked a question. But listening I think as a podcaster is a great trait to have because when you're given those answers, you know, how can you unpack that to go deeper or how can you unpack that to achieve the goal that you want to? Like, for example, yourself, Steve, I'm sure when you ask me questions, you're listening to what I'm saying. And I've heard by listening to your other podcasts, (laughs) you ask other questions to follow up and really unpack it. Listening is such a core trait because not only do you have to listen to what you're being told, you kind of have to listen to what you're not being told as well. There's so many things that a conversation can do and so many changes that a conversation can inspire. That's why I love podcasting too, because it's such an intimate platform. You know, you're literally in someone's ear. When someone's listening to this conversation, like right they are now, we're in someone's ear. You don't get much more intimate than that when it comes to communication. And you don't let very many people that close to you when you think about it in real life too. So I think listening is the absolute hands down key trait to being a great podcaster. Okay, well, that's great. It's a wonderful answer. And and Jenny, of course, is very well-versed in becoming your best. She knows what it is and, and these 12 principles of highly successful leaders. And I love your answer, Jenny, because that happens to be one of the 12 principles of highly successful leaders as well, is that they are really great communicators. They know how to listen first. They check their own ideas. They check their own opinions. They suspend them for a while and just lock in on listening and understanding. And when you do that, you just see such a bigger picture, don't you? Absolutely. I think there's a quote from the Dalai Lama. I'm paraphrasing it very poorly, but he said that 
some people don't listen. They just wait for their chance to speak. And I think that's more common than not, unfortunately, because I think in many conversations these days, because we are in such a very highly content-driven world where we're just getting pumped with information and it's being thrown at us, we kind of want to get to the next thing. We're in such a rush to move to the next thing. And it happens the same in communication and interaction. Listening is such a key element. And for me, it's a forever evolving element because you got to listen from a side. you got many aspects of listening in my role anyway. I've got to listen to what my clients' needs are, what their goals are. I've got to listen to how I can bring them value to achieve those goals. I've got to listen to my team members. How do I execute my vision and how do I listen to their needs? And, you know, how do I keep them happy or bring them the most value that I can? So there's very different layers to listening. But I think, you know, you hit the nail on the head there, Steve, when you said that, you know, it comes back to checking in with yourself. I think accountability is a cornerstone of listening because I think it's the way to kind of really go inside and check in with yourself to be like, okay, am I actually listening to this person or am I just reacting to whatever story I have going on in my head? So I think you touched on a great point there, Steve. Okay, good. And I think Jenny is reading my mind today. (laughs) (laughs) Am I now? (laughs) Well, because yeah, you, you actually started answering my next question, which is, what have you found the best way to listen? To really listen. So you're really getting it. Well, I think obviously there's various aspects of listening, but when it comes to, I guess, being a leader as well, you've got to, this is going to sound very cheesy, but I've just found that this has been a tried and true tool for me the past year. You've just got to care. Sometimes I think leaders, especially if, you know, there are a lot of startups these days and a lot of entrepreneurs that are just jumping into leadership. So they're coming in from a tech background or they're coming in from like a visionary background, but they may not actually be trained into leading a team or have that management kind of experience before. But I think what I've learned is when my team are making errors or when something goes wrong, and if it's a continual pattern, that's when I tend to address it. So I'm observing one thing, what they're doing. And secondly, I'm kind of listening to what they're telling me. So if it's a pattern, you know that this is something that needs to be addressed. If it's a one-off, maybe mm-hmm. not, because you know we're all human. We have human days. We make mistakes. I get that. But what I found is just listening to my team, what they're telling me, because if they're not telling me something, if someone says to me, I'm continually missing deadlines because I'm stressed and overwhelmed and it keeps happening and no matter how much coaching or guidance you give them, it keeps happening. There's something that they're not telling you or they don't feel comfortable telling you. So I think observing their behavior is kind of like a third party or looking at the relationship from a bird's eye view is a great way to kind of listen to what actually is going on and observe as well. Oh, I love it. Great going. That's a wonderful answer and such a big part of communication. If we just look with our eyes, if we have that privilege of being together with a person and observing what they're doing, that's more than half a communication right there. That gives you a lot of tips. And then, of course, we can talk and listen with our heart. And, and how Jenny started, I fully am into that, that it's how you feel about other people, what's in your heart about listening. Do you really want to in the first place? And if you do, then I think it's going to work. Absolutely. All right, good. Well, now let's, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about your radio background and how has that helped you create Jenny Media? The reason I'm asking this question is because I know we have a lot of entrepreneurs, we have other people that are internal entrepreneurs, in other words, helping organizations succeed. And you've taken a background that you've developed and you've identified it as something that you 
have some experience with and and I would guess probably really like doing it. So how has that helped you, this radio background that you have? <laughs> I think the key trait that radio has helped me, I mean, when I give this answer, a lot of reactions I get, it's mixed because they're like, I didn't think you'd actually say that because there's so many things that you learn in radio. But the one thing that I learned from radio, which I appreciate now more than anything, is empathy. Because I know the first time I went behind a microphone and, you know, the on-air button lit up in the studio, my inner child was super excited. But also, I was freaking out, Steve. <laughs> I was like, I'm going on air. I'm going behind a microphone. I'm talking. Someone is listening to me now in their car or in their office or somewhere. And that freaked me out a little bit because I had a background of performing arts. So I was doing theater. I was doing a bit of film here and there, independent film. So for me, performing wasn't the issue. But when you're performing, you're reading a script and playing a character. But when you're behind the microphone, there's no character to hide behind. And you can't actually hide behind the microphone because it's quite an intimate form of communication, as I was talking about earlier. So I understand when a client who's just starting a podcast comes to me and says, I'm freaking out. I don't know if I'm cut out for this. That empathy that I have going through that experience myself has really helped me listen and look out for the needs of when my clients come to me saying, I want to do a podcast, but I'm freaking out. How can I be a host? How can I create great content? How can I ask the right questions? So I think that's the first thing that's helped me do is develop that skill of empathy. And I think empathy is a skill in leadership because it's one of those skills that really, I think, define a successful leader. Because if you have that connection or awareness with your team and your team's needs, the longevity and the relationship that you will build will, in most cases, be longer or be more of an empowered relationship because you're on a level of understanding. I think the second thing I've learned from radio, Steve, is also from a, I guess, a business standpoint, just the content aspect of it. Because when I was on radio, podcast came out in, about into my eighth year of radio when the iPod came out and FM stations here in Australia were kind of taking off audio from the interviews we'd do on air and making them into podcasts. But it kind of taught me how to observe people's behaviors and attention because now people didn't have to listen to us between 6 to 9 a.m. every morning. They could listen to us while they were at the gym. They could listen to us in their own time. So giving people that, I guess, autonomy to be like, I'm going to control my time and listen to when I want to listen to you was a behavior that I've noticed in listeners because our stats from you know real-time data where people were tuning in via radio to downloads was it getting significantly different? So I guess contextually, radio has taught me that skill to kind of watch behaviors and data and stats and just, you know, what happens around certain seasons in the world. So radio has given me that contextual kind of standpoint on looking at listeners and behaviors. Okay, what a great background, isn't it? It's awesome. And you get to connect with so many amazing people. Like I fell in love with New York City because I got to go there for something that I had to do for radio. So, so many experiences came from that. I connected with so many people. But, you know, radio, podcasting, it is a very key vehicle to building relationships. You know, it only takes 10 minutes to have a conversation, but you could walk away trying to execute something that can really create change. And if we didn't say it, by the way, before, I know that we mentioned that Jenny is in Australia right now, but her home is New York City. <laughs> Which confuses more people than ever, Steve, because, again, I look the way I do, I sound the way I sound, and I live where I do now. So I always get the question, where are you from? Which is very exciting. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, you've been around the world, girl. <laughs> 
Absolutely. All righty. Now, I happen to know a little bit about your background and know that you work for free in radio for a number of years. I'd love to hear about that. And then you were getting up at 4 a.m. and and staying late. Like, who's crazy enough to do that for free, right? Absolutely. I still have my hair, Steve, in case you're wondering. Um, it's quite long. <laughs> it has seen its day. But no, I I really, really loved radio. Developing morning habits for me has been a bit of a challenge because growing up, I didn't have any morning habits. So I really had to discipline myself to be cognizant of developing one. But one thing that I did notice was that no matter what day job that I had, you know, getting up at 4.30 a.m., no matter what time I went to bed or staying late till 2, 3 a.m. editing, Mm. you know, audio and putting out podcasts, I noticed that that was the one thing that I had no complaints doing, no matter how tired I was. So, you know, in hindsight, I look back on that and go, I really, really loved what I was doing. And it didn't occur to me that awareness until, you know, in my mid-20s, I'm like, oh, okay, I see. I really love this. So I managed to, again, stumble into a career from it, Steve. But another layer to that point as well is, you know, when you really do want to create something, you've got to put in the hard work and the hustle. You know, there's different words about that. And, you know, everyone's definition of hard work or how hard they want to go is entirely personal. But for me, doing a day job or when I was doing my college degree, getting up earlier or staying back later, that was a way that I could get content out. And it just taught me about how hard work really can be rewarding if you just keep at it. And it's not a short-term game. You've got to keep at it. You've got to build up that habit and that consistency. And eventually it comes along. That's wonderful. And there's so many lessons that you just shared just now. You know, the experience that you get, the different looks at possibilities, the people that you met, and particularly in the world of radio where there's, you're seeing so many different things happening. Absolutely. And with radio too, like it's not, now it's not just celebrity. You know, when we were doing FM radio, if there was a celebrity in town, of course, we'd love to just chat to them. But now I think it's more about, you know, you can listen to a podcast on crime now. You can listen to a podcast on mm, yeah. why, you know, motion sickness is the way that it is. It's just the way people are interested in so many different things. And we've got access to like hundreds of thousands of podcasts now, which will probably showcase it. I mean, Steve, if you're interested in buying a beanie, I'm sure there's a beanie <laughs> podcast out there. It's just, it's phenomenal. <laughs> it is. I just did a podcast with the owners of Hari Kari. Yeah, she's got the flip-flops, doesn't she? Yes, it was so fun. And you're right. You just get so many insights. And that's what's fun about this business. Now, let's talk about the inner circle. What is the importance of your inner circle? And what is an inner circle? Your inner circle is your core group of influential people in your life. So generally, they come in the form of friends, family, co-workers, you know, people that you spend the majority of your time with. So your inner circle, obviously, you have the power to define who your inner circle is, whether you're aware of it or not. They could be people that you spend time with unbeknowingly or people that you choose to spend time with. That's up to you to kind of, you know, pull that awareness and figure out who's who. But what I found is and what I've observed is sometimes, especially when you're growing up and, you know, you're under the supervision and and care of your parents, you can't control your environment sometimes. You Mm -hmm. know, there's there's people that get put into your your life and you may not particularly gel with them or whatnot. But one thing you can control is eventually you can really decide who you invest your time into. And that is a very big and important thing for me. And it's something that I really do try to live by, especially when I'm 
I'm here in Australia now with my family and the friends that I grew up with and who's been there for me. It's just because they are so impactful and they're so influential in my life is that they're literally, if I were to plug in headphones and walk through life that way, they literally are the voices in my ear. They're the ones who encourage me. They're the ones who advise me. They comfort me when I'm sad. They pick me up when I'm down. They're the influential people in my life. And I think no matter where you are in your life, no matter what is being brought forward to you, if you can audit your inner circle and think about certain traits about your inner circle, which may be tough to do because these might be people that you've known your entire life or half your life, but think about the traits that they have and the traits that you want to have as a result. So if you want to be more disciplined, are any of your people that you spend the time with most disciplined? If not, try and find someone who is disciplined so you can be influenced by that. It really is building up that community and that influential circle. I think, is it Rumi who has a quote? I think the quote is, again, I'm paraphrasing, your environment can be stronger than your will. And I I truly do believe that. I think, you know, if you have a good, solid core group of people in your life, it really can propel you forward or stall you or pull you back. Oh, so huge. What size should a person's inner circle be? What do you think on that, Jenny? (laughs) Well, like, what does that look like? Five people, a hundred people, five <laughs> hundred? I think that, that's a good question. I think that's very it's, it's a personal number. I yeah. think for me, I have a core group of eleven people in my life uh-huh. who, if anything happened to them or if they needed me, they're the eleven people I'd drop things for. That's how I've defined my inner circle because I know vice versa, they would do the same for me. And that's not how I've based the condition of our friendship or relationship on, but they're the people that I know are my most influence. They are my inner circle. They're the people who are the ones who really propel me forward. So I guess your number of people that you keep in your inner circle, five is a good number. A lot of people say who are the five closest people. And there's that quote that, you know, the five closest people in your life are the ones that you're most like. But You've got to find a number that's personal to you. Even one, like one person that you spend your time with can really influence you. So it's really personal, but, you know, one is a great place to start, I'd say. Yeah, great. And I've got so many thoughts running through my mind as I've been listening to this. (laughs) You're just stimulating and firing all those synapses off and the neurons and (laughs) way to go. Way to go, Jenny. I had a friend, first of all, one was Charlie Tremendous Jones. I was with him 35 years ago, and he said, you know, you'll be the same person you are today except for two things, the people that you meet and the books that you read. Ah. And I thought, yeah, whoa, man, that's really great because you sure want to be careful about the people that you have in your life. They're the the type that help you get to a better place. And of course, reading and studying, listening to podcasts, those are the things that help us be the people that we become someday. Absolutely. Well, again, reading and and podcasts, that's that's someone in your ear all the time. So if you are going through, if you've got negative people around your life, put your headphones on, listen to a podcast that's positive (laughs) and inspiring. Let that be your inner circle, your vehicle to an inner circle at least. And it's so true. I think what you were saying there, what your friend that said there, Steve, was the books that you read and the people that you meet. The books books really do help too. I love listening to audio books. I'm listening to a great one now called Becoming Your Best, yeah. Principle of Highly Successful <laughs> Leaders. And um, I listen to that Bravo. every morning in my morning routine before I catch up with my team because it reminds me of certain things. And I have that on Rotate oh, with that- uh, Brene Brown's Dare to Lead. But it's, it's true, that influence, that wisdom that's getting passed through that book through to you, you know, whoever receives it will receive it through their own lens, but it can be impactful. Well, that's been so fun, this discussion. Let's just wrap up with a couple of last questions. 
one of them sure. is, is such an important one, and that is why is happiness the ROI of everything, the return on investment of everything? Why is that such a big deal? Growing up as a as again, as I mentioned before, like I, I came from a family who migrated to Australia. So I guess the premise of them coming to a different country or coming from the east to the west was to, you know, have a better life or to set their children up or their family up to have a better life, access to resources, medical facilities, education, you name it. I think there was a big mindset, a cultural mindset around that time that it, you know, it, let's build our wealth. Let's build the financial stability for us. Let's build that foundation. And I think nowadays that has trickled into our culture and our mindsets and I guess our goals. But I don't think if money is your goal, if wealth is your goal, if that is your ultimate North Star, I think you should really look at your life at the moment. I guess what I'm trying to say is it's not about the money. I think a lot of enlightened masters have said, you know, it's never really been about the money. Money is a product of intention and all these sorts of things. There are all these laws, which, you know, it's a whole other podcast, Steve, but happiness should be the ROI to everything. Being alive, happy and grateful should be because if you don't have those three things, you're not going to function at your best and you're not going to make money, relationships or anything for that matter. Because and that's why with me, whenever I feel stressed or overwhelmed, I go back to my North Star and that is, and gratitude is a way that I can go back to my North Star of thinking of what I really truly want to achieve in my life. And that's happiness and health in my relationships within myself and in my work. So I think happiness should be the North Star for everything. And happiness is completely personal. You know, it's going to be different for me than it is to the next person. So if you can really hone in on what is your version of happiness, your version of happiness could be, I work nine to five Monday, Friday. I want my weekends to myself. Great. That's happiness for you. May not be happiness for someone else. Someone else, maybe I want to play games from Monday to Friday, nine to five. So define what your happiness is and make that your North Star. Everything else will come as a product of that. Wonderful. Well, I'll tell you, I think that is a great barometer of success is our level of happiness because absolutely that's the purpose. I mean, golly, if you're not happy, I remember about 20 years ago, Jenny, I had the opportunity to host. We were serving as the president of the mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Madrid, Spain. And it just happened. Wow. That, yeah, that was a great experience. I mean, three years, we left everything, and it was extraordinary. Well, while we were there, the president of the church, Gordon B. Hinckley, happened to be there, and he does everything we've talked about. A wonderful man. And we were also hosting Jose and Maria Yadro. And Jose Yadro, with his brother, had formed the Yadro Company, you know, the, the figurines. I'm not sure if you've seen those. But they are a trademark, beautiful porcelain of figures, of all kinds of wonderful figures. But they've created a whole industry. So these two men were standing together visiting. One is 84, the other is 88. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and, that is amazing. <laughs> and, and, and Jose looks at President Hinckley. He says, I understand you're a prophet. And he says, well, yeah, I'm a prophet. And, and he says, well, if that's the case, he said, you can settle a 35-year feud that I've had with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, well, what's, he said, what's that? And he said, well, my wife says that health is the most important thing in life. 
And he said, I say that happiness is the most important thing in life. He said, so which of us is right? And without even blinking an eye, he looked right back and he said, you're both right. Wow. I 100% <laughs> agree with him. He, he's a prophet too. I can't disagree yeah. with him. <laughs> that's right. And that's what Jose Yadro says. Oh, man, you're right. So did Maria. But oh, my goodness. I'm so glad you brought that up. That's a great way to think about importance of life is, are we doing things that create a happiness overall from our avocation and our work and our relationship? So thank you for that. Thank you, Steve. And, and thank you also. I've been doing some of the tools that you've taught. And, you know, happiness isn't just about your business. You've got to look at the other roles that you play in your life and how happiness can come into those roles, too. That's true. Well, listen, the time's up. It's been fun. Any final tips you'd like to leave with our listeners today? I think if anyone is, you know, living a life where they're not so happy about, you know, or they want to audit their inner circle or whatnot, the best time to start doing that is now. You know, you've got great podcasts like this out there to listen to that you can just plug into your ears and be influenced and immersed by the conversation. So, you know, it's never too late to make a change. If you want to redefine your North Star, if you want to really audit your inner circle, never too late to change that. Do it now. Yeah. You're not alone, are you? You've got some people that can help. Absolutely. Well, Jenny, this has really been inspirational. I love your energy, your wisdom, your experience, your outlook. So thank you for being part of this show today. Steve, thank you for having me. It's great to be on this side of the microphone and this side of the audio. I really appreciate your time and thank you again for your wisdom and your continued hard work to dropping wisdom and light into our world. Okay. Now, we can't finish without asking you, how can people find out about what you do? <laughs> well, as you can probably tell, my titles for my companies and my podcast, The Ginny Show and Ginny Media, are very they sound highly narcissistic, but that is not the intention. <laughs> you can find out about Ginny Media at GinnyMedia.com, and you can hit me up on social media. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, at The Ginny Show. I personally respond to messages, so if you have any questions for me at all, I'd love to hear from you. I love connecting with people and, and starting a conversation. Okay, great. And that is spelled G-I-N-N-I. Absolutely. Ginny with an I, folks. <laughs> okay. Well, we wish you the best as you're making a difference in the world. And to all of our listeners, never forget, you too, every single day are making a difference. And you are blessing people's lives. This is Steve Schallenberger, your host with Becoming Your Best Global Leadership, wishing you a great day. Thank you for listening. Would you like help to apply the 12 principles of highly successful leaders in your life, in your family, or in your organization? Call us today at 888-690-8764 to speak with a helpful representative to evaluate your situation and how we can help. Or you can visit becomingyourbest.com. Whether it's a corporate training event, keynote, workshop, trainer certification, or personal coaching, it would be our pleasure to serve your needs. Once again, call 888-690-8764 or visit becomingyourbest.com today.